0: Uh okay. It's a Grumman. It's a Grumman Ironworks. Uh-huh. It can take abuse. It was a tough airplane. Now, it's a type of airplane you walk out the flight line, if you don't see oil and hydraulics thrown all over the uh car Mac, then you gotta worry, you know. It oh a, it's, Jeep. A Jeep. <laughs> it's a Jeep. Yeah. I, I, you know what? It, it, it is the Jeep. An A six intruder <laughs> is a Jeep.
1: This episode of the Jeep Talk Show is brought to you by you, the listener. If you'd like to sponsor our weekly interview episode, just reach out. Our rates aren't affordable, they're downright cheap. Reach out to us by going to jeeptalkshow.com contact and find out how. Hi, I'm Tony and welcome to the Jeep Talk Show where we talk about all things Jeep from trail riding to overlanding and everything in between. Every Friday we have an interview with a new and exciting guest. Sometimes they have products you need for your Jeep, sometimes they just have a great story to share. So sit back, grab a cold one, and get ready for another great guest right here on the Jeep Talk Show. Hey, keep listening to the end to hear your name as a Patreon subscriber. Are you ready? It's time for the Jeep Talk Show with hosts Tony, Josh, Wendy, and Chuck. You know, you go through life and you think about how the, the things that have occurred through uh, through your lifetime, hopefully it's a, a long life, uh, or maybe you're going to, uh, hopefully it's going to be a long life, and they'll have plenty of uh, things for you to experience and then think about in your uh, your old age, but it hit me that um, the, the the doing this show is a little more personal to me than uh, what you may think. Um, when I was a kid, and I think this is a story a lot of people have, uh, but uh, when I was a kid, I, uh, I didn't have a lot of friends. Um, I, I wasn't the type individual that people could really get along with, I think primarily because I did things my own way. Uh, I didn't like to have to compromise who I was uh, to please somebody else. And uh, it, it hurts not having people be friendly with you or, or want to share time with you when you're a kid. Uh, I mean, I had friends, but it uh, certainly wasn't popular. And that extended into uh, junior high and high school, uh, always a little bit on the uh, the outside of uh, of the uh, popular world. The popular people knew me, but again, I just wouldn't do what was necessary to to be a popular person. It's funny because there was a uh, a kid in, uh, in in our neighborhood. Um, I think it's kind of a weird situation that we're in. I actually went to Deer Park High School and uh, but I didn't live in Deer Park, didn't live anywhere close to Deer Park. Uh, the Deer Park Independent School District uh, was uh, what covered the the neighborhood uh, that I lived in, which was about a 45-minute bus ride from Deer Park. So I guess you could say that uh, us being in uh, Lynchburg, which was uh, the name of the community I lived in, uh, was, a, uh, was being uh, bused <laughs> to Deer Park. The, we had a, uh, an elementary there uh, in the neighborhood, and uh, our class, uh, I think our class was the smallest class they ever had in that elementary of nine kids. Uh, I was one of nine. And uh, when I went from uh, being uh, at the elementary school there just for the, com- the community, Lynchburg community, uh, to uh, Deer Park uh, Junior High, <laughs> we had about 30 to 32 kids per class, per period. So, there was an opportunity for me to be in a class with uh thirty one different people uh six uh, I think it was six uh, periods a day and uh, <laughs> it was it was quite a culture shock also too I was the largest, the tallest kid in my class, and nowhere, no way that was true when I went to Deer Park. There were some huge, huge kids uh, at uh, Deer Park Junior high. Uh, anyway, so uh, it was. Uh, I don't know if it was partially that or just because I just was always an outsider. But getting back to the point, um, the, uh, the, I was, uh, my family knows me. My family knows my bad jokes. Uh, my family knows me uh, the way I act whenever I'm not in a situation where I don't feel comfortable around other people. And really, I, I don't really care so much about um, – it's like I don't want to waste my time. Uh, on them because they're not going to get it. They're not going to get me. Uh, it's just, it's not like I'm I'm fearful. I mean, everybody fears rejection, right? But it's just like, why waste my time? They don't, they're not going to get it. They don't think the same way I do about the things that I think about. So one of the things that I found, and it, it, was, it certainly wasn't the reason why I started doing the, the podcast. One of the things that I found is, is that uh, I was able to be myself uh, on the show and it was very gratifying when people would uh, laugh uh, whenever they would listen. Uh, just uh, it was like uh, finding a group of friends uh, that uh, got me. They they understood me. They it was it wasn't like that uh, growing up period where uh, I was uh, I was so different than everybody else uh, that uh, you know why even bother talking to these uh, talking to these people because they're not going to get it. Uh, and, and you guys may have heard me talk about uh, ham radio. I mean I, I was doing CB. Uh, When I was in uh, high school, and then that turned into ham radio. And uh, stupid me thought that uh, you know it was really cool, and uh, the the kids in high school would uh, be also interested in hearing about ham radio. Now, not so much. Sixteen year old kid, not so much interested in hearing about ham radio. And it's and that's carried through. I still don't talk about radio very much, and I, I, I ham radio and this the whole radio thing is just a lot of fun to me. I, I spend a lot more time doing this and other things on the computer, computer these days, but uh, ham radio is just just a blast. Um, but uh, I can use that information for uh, GMRS radios that we talk about from time to time, but probably not nearly as much as what I'd like to. Anyway, the, the thing I'm telling you is, is that, uh, and, and this may not apply to you, I understand, but I think a lot of people uh, just kind of get it. They, they get me. They get my humor. Uh, they're interested in the similar things that I'm interested in. And I just want to say how much I appreciate it. Uh, doing this show has improved my life because it has brought uh, me to you guys and you guys to me. Uh, and and you know it, it 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 always feels good to be part of a community. And I feel part of this community, especially when we have uh, a Jeep Talk Show Texas event and uh, so many people from so many different states drive uh, down just to to be part of the event. And I know it's not just me. We have uh, other people that are involved in the show. We have a great uh, Jeep Talk Show team. But the only reason why they're involved in this stuff is because of this show. And uh, it's, it's, it's a team effort, absolutely a team effort. But uh, I don't think I'm wrong. I don't think I'm looking at this wrong. Uh, everybody's here because of me. And it's just very, very gratifying. So I guess what I'm telling you is, of course, thank you. But I guess what I'm saying here is, is that if you feel like I do, where you just don't get along, you just don't seem to fit in, maybe you do. Maybe you just need to give people a chance to get to know you. And yeah, sure, some people are not going to like you. Some people are going to go, eh, who who cares? That's no big deal. And I know that applies to me. But, and as I've told our (laughs) co-hosts, with seven, is it seven billion? Seven billion people on the planet, you don't have to have have a high percentage of people that like you and want to listen to you uh, or be involved in what you have to say to have a, a lot of people. I mean, less than a percent way less than one percent you would have uh i'm sure a hundred million people that would be interested in talking to you and having something to do with uh, your life so keep that in mind when you think you're not popular keep that in mind when when you're going through a depressing time in your life uh perhaps a a breakup a divorce uh a loss a a death in a family uh etc think about that that there's that is that is very sad obviously but there's so much more involved in this life than what you've lived so far. On episode 149 of the Jeep Talk Show, we interviewed a Jeep Cherokee owner named Kyle. Well, we're driving around there looking for a parking space, and we just see him park there, and I was like, are you serious? The diagonally parked Corvette owner, just feet from the restaurant's entrance, took up two parking places. I see what Jeep owner probably would have done. I mean, I was just like, okay, screw it, I'm just going to park on the curb. The story was covered well in the news, but there was more to the story. Well, I mean, I never told any reporter this. I was driving, he comes in the opposite direction. You don't know what you've missed, unless you go back and listen. It was so cool to get Kyle on. It was, I mean, it was a national news story where a, a guy in a white uh, Jeep uh, uh, Cherokee XJ uh, sp- uh, parked diagonally next to this uh, Corvette owner because the Corvette owner had uh, parked that way and was uh, taking up two spots right at the front door of a restaurant. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but you can you can look this thing up. Uh, but listen to the interview because it's really cool. There's, uh, you know, how the TV news stories go. they are 30 seconds, maybe a minute. Uh, of story, and uh, we spent uh, a good long time talking to Kyle about the uh, about the the, the the altercation. There was no phys- physical uh, altercation, but it was uh, the, the correct Corvette guy was like, you know, I got a Corvette, man. I, I, I don't want to get a ding, so I'm gonna park in two spots. And for the record, I don't care. You can do that. Just do it out far uh, far away from uh, from the front door. Doing it at the front door is is just rude. From
0: around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show.
1: Alrighty, hill boys and girls, it's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview, and tonight we're going to be talking with a Jeep Talk Show listener. I mean, uh, you guys probably have gotten used to hearing us talk to uh, CEOs and owners of uh, off-road uh, uh, companies, but uh, like I always say, everyone has a story to tell, and I think you're going to find that this one, the, this interview is going to uh, that Mark uh, is going to have a huge story, actually plural stories to tell. Uh, Mark is a lifelong off-roader and explorer for forty years. Trucks, mountain bikes, motorcycles. And, of course, Jeeps. Bought his first Wrangler in 37 years in 2019. Got rock crawling bug and have been building up since. Uh, He's been flying longer than driving. (laughs) Receiving his naval aviation Wings of Gold in 1991. Flew the A6 and the F-A-18 off carriers. Retired in 2009. Been flying for a major airline for 24 years. Captain of a A320. Interesting fact, full Man and 20-time one-half finisher uh, and bagpipe player. I love that. Uh, Moab is his favorite place in the world. You know, uh, I, I, you probably know this. Uh, uh, Greg from uh, under, uh, Unofficial Use Only uh, wears a kilt. Anytime you see him, almost all the time he has a kilt. You guys need to get together. Are you going to SEMA this
0: year? Uh, no, I wish I could go to Sema. But.
1: See, that would be that would just be good YouTubing there to get you guys both uh, him wearing the kilt and you playing the bagpipes.
0: I don't wear out in public too often, to be honest with you. <laughs> if, I'm, if I do, I'm drinking at an Irish bar, probably. You know. <laughs>
1: Well, Mark, thanks a lot for being here. Now, I do want to mention uh, that uh, you are a Patreon subscriber, one of the first Patreon subscribers for us. Thank you very much for that. And uh, you uh, uh, most recently attended our uh, uh, JTS Texas off-road event uh, back in June uh, of this, this year, and you have the scar to prove it.
0: Oh yeah. Now this yeah. wasn't a
1: hazing incident. Uh, I don't want anybody yeah, to think that we know. do hazing out there on the on the events. We've thought about no. it, but we don't do that.
0: <laughs> well, thank God somebody had a first aid kit because I didn't carry one. So <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> we I think we, I think we on and I kept going, but
1: yeah, I think we mention you anytime we're talking about first aid stuff, like on the roundtables and stuff, because uh, yeah. it was uh, it, it, I, I, I I just hated it. I mean uh, I mean I, I'm really glad it wasn't somebody running you over mm-hmm. or. Uh, anything that was uh, just something that was just plain stupid, uh, that uh, we weren't being safe. Uh, I mean, well,
0: like people fall
1: meeting. all the time. And uh, no, that, you weren't being stupid at all. I mean, it's it's a lot different. It's like I always say, uh, the Jeep can handle that off-road stuff a lot better than we can.
0: Yeah, well, I definitely learned a lesson about First Aid Kit on that. Let me tell you something. Because, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen bone through my skin. So, Well, you
1: know. you, you've been through a lot of stuff. And to get injured simply by f- slipping on rocks, that's got to be like, what's the odds? You know,
0: I mean, uh, I mean, it's, it's a, it was a very steep hill. We went to check it out and, you know, it was up there on the, on one of the ridges. I don't know we're come up there. Everybody else went one way. We went the other way mm-hmm. and it was, we, we made it up and we were going down. It was so steep and it was like, you know, that rock with that very fine sand. And man, as soon as I hit that, it slipped out from underneath me and, I went down, man. I that couldn't
1: help it, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, was, well, you, oh I'm, my, uh, yeah, I'm oh sure my. you heard about the um, uh, the incident that I had just going and getting the garbage to take it out, and I ran into a spider web, overreacted, fell backwards, and uh, I cut my hand. And I think you were talking about you're still getting a little pain from uh, that injury that you had on your arm. Uh, the the cut that I got on my hand, which was not really a problem, uh, other than it was just uh, a lot of blood at the time. Uh, it still bothers me, so and I'm sure I'm gonna have a scar uh, but uh, I like it to have my wife chicks dig scars
0: yeah that's true well I mean it was so deep <laughs> they had to like do that layer stitching so you know I've got the scar tissue underneath the the top of the skin and it man, it just feels weird you know mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. can't put my I can't really rest it on a on armrest very very well is that it's something hard.
1: that's going to go away eventually as it heals or is it just something you're gonna have to live with
0: no idea probably you know at my age I'll I have to live with it so i'll just i'll just it's, it's not that bad trust
1: no me. no i understand but it's it's nice to get that uh have that uh, warranty that gets you back to new you know what i mean
0: yeah 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 my, my warranty expired about 20 years ago <laughs>
1: all right so let's talk about that jeep that you bought in 2019 that is a long time between uh, getting jeeps and i would assume that the the j10 or whatever it was that you had to start with uh wasn't something that you bought maybe something that was handed down to you or
0: handed down from my dad my dad had a cj5 and then he had the uh he bought the j10 and you know that's back when amc was making them and
1: uh he, he bought it new
0: is that what you're saying it oh the old, old eagle one you know with the fancy yeah i guess that was the time with uh smoking the Bandit came out you know so they were trying i don't know if yeah. they're trying to copy but it, uh, it so bad. I mean, it was like the whole quarter panels were just, you could see through them and he gave it to me eventually. And one day I was riding down the road with that thing and I was probably maybe, I don't know, 19 and all of a sudden smoke came out between my legs. I'm at highway speeds in a flame <laughs> I was pulled over. And by the time I jumped out of the car, I turned around the whole cab of that truck. Was in a fireball. I mean, I'm talking like flames fifty feet high. <laughs> it was still rolling too. They God it stopped. It was on a flat spot. But I guess the uh, uh, the muffler, the exhaust came where the where the exhaust comes into the muffler from the engine broke, and it heated up through the seat and caught the carpet on fire.
1: Uh, it, I was thinking fuel, but uh, I'm sure fuel was a, it was a, eventually a part of the blaze. But oh my god, yeah, that's yeah. a scary. Well,
0: yeah, you know I don't know if the fuel ever caught on. I can't remember. they were there pretty quick but i mean it was destroyed and you know after that my dad swore off jeep
1: Oh, really? I figured he was going to swear off you for burning
0: up the taking in a perfectly good Jeep and destroying it. <laughs> you no, know, I was just driving. You know, I was just driving down the road, minding my own business. <laughs> it was a cool-looking truck, and it was new, but mm-hmm. I, it rusted. I've never seen something rust like that before in my life.
1: You know, uh, you probably experienced this, too. I mean, uh, I live on the Gulf Coast, but not on the coast. Uh, so we're like 60 miles from Galveston, uh, where, where I've lived. I mean, even though I've moved about uh, – uh, uh, 40 miles from where i was born uh i uh the, the rusting was a very common thing in the um uh, i'm trying to think here but late 70s and yeah, and, car, and, yeah. and and it wasn't i mean we aren't close enough for salt water uh, we don't have the weather where they have to salt the roads but but, yeah, the, but, that's weird. Yeah. but the rusting was very uh very prevalent and
0: well, was, so I'm, I'm assuming it was the salt on the roads for the uh yeah
1: yeah, that's what I was thinking. But I'm I'm really surprised that, that, that around that time, uh, at least like Chevys and Fords and stuff had a, a, a rusting problem. That you, you, but they weren't that old, and you started getting a lot of rust. And we weren't in a salt environment. So I I think it was something that they were doing in the construction of it. Maybe the paint they were using underneath or something. Because I, I have no rust on the, my 98XJ. I've been driving yeah, it for, know, for 25 I years.
0: I thought about rust on the hinges for the— for my, you know, the JLS and I, I well, I replaced them, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I, was, I never had any rust on my engines yeah. like this.
1: So, so uh, when you, I'm sorry, where were you when they were, you were? Where was this uh, J10 that you were driving? What part of the country were you? In?
0: Oh, this I, I, my childhood was in Virginia, and then I moved out to Colorado and went to University of Colorado, mm-hmm. and then joined the Navy from there. Well, actually, I went to Vegas for a while and flew Grand Canyon tours, and then I joined the Navy. Um.
1: So, and, heli- uh, is that helicopter tours or uh, fixed wing?
0: Uh, uh, uh Cessna two oh sevens, they hold like eight people. So that's it, gotta
1: be one of the most dangerous jobs outside of being uh flying for the military.
0: <laughs> I would never put my family on one of those. We were inexperienced pilots. The maintenance was terrible. <laughs> well it's kind of sad because uh, you know, uh, the, the 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 chief pilot of my little airline as that eventually crashed and killed himself and some people. It was it was, it was dangerous. And that that time we were able to go below the rim, so I'd always do this oh, thing right yes. now. On the north side of the rim and then i would you know i'd fly and i'd go i don't know where the grand canyon is and i I'd, I'd go right to the rim and i just chop the power and dive right into the canyon and everybody'd scream and throw up and all that stuff
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that's just fine you got to do that uh, oh yeah so
0: but you know, I, my I guess the story with that though is uh-huh. my uh i took my dad up for a ride and my dad my dad's an aviator he was uh he was an air force f-86 pilot and he was uh eastern airlines which you know they're gone now but he was a 30-year captain with them and uh, I took him, and I was showing off on him, and that, that's probably the closest I ever came to killing myself out of stupidity in my life. Yeah, showing off. <laughs> I came to corner, and I, I knew it was a blind corner, and I didn't realize that the canyon came up. And, I mean, I came with him like, you know, hitting that, and he goes, you didn't mean to do that, did you? I said, No. <laughs>
1: Because <laughs> he was going to tell you to pull over let me out if you meant to do that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I got controls, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, so uh, just a quick story. I've told this one before. Uh, the showing off gets you in trouble. Uh, can get you in trouble really quick. Uh, I was a student pilot uh, flying a, a Piper Archer, 180 horsepower, uh, which that's was Archer. I Which was trouble. so much fun to fly that thing. I think a, a plane is a, should be a low wing, not that above wing stuff. But anyway, uh- i 'm um, flying that thing around i 'm uh, i 'm over the neighborhood where my uh, friends uh live and uh i was uh, I flew over to a grocery store where he was working and uh he actually came out into the parking lot and I could see him waving at me so I, uh, I went out over the bay and then built up some airspeed and, and of course i am flying low like a thousand feet or lower. Um, I mean, technically, legally, I was at a uh, thousand. I think you could go lower than that. It was really five
0: hundred. You can go five hundred yeah. over city, a thousand.
1: As as long as you have enough altitude to safely land in case there's a problem, I think
0: is how. It, I, <laughs> well, it's more of a noise disturbance thing, I think. It's
1: well, different. it's funny because I actually got called uh, because of that. Uh, they called the air, air, airport because of that. But anyway, I, so I went out over the bay, uh, built up some airspeed, and uh, uh, I, actually I was up up a little high. I gained some altitude, and then I dove. At the, <laughs> I dove at the store where he was standing out there in the parking lot, and I think I got that thing up to 170, 180 knots, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. It's a long time ago, and oh, then a the red
0: line. I had to be close to the red line. Yeah,
1: yeah, of course. And <laughs> and and I went to pull up, and you know my my uh, memory of physics wasn't working. I didn't realize that once you get a body, something that has weight, traveling very fast, it ain't gonna re- respond like it normally does. <laughs> If you're not going oh. that fast, you know, the kinetic oh. energy.
0: And if it responds the way you want it to, you would probably rip the wings off on a little airplane like that, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> and F-18, you could pull that thing pretty hard, you know. Yeah. But, See,
1: that's what know. I thats what I should have been flying was the F-18. So, oh, go. so it goes, <laughs> and I'm going further and further down than what I anticipate. And I'm going, oh, shit. <laughs> so I got the thing to level out. But I was at the same level uh, as the water tower that was just on the other oh. side of the street from from the grocery store. I'm looking over there at it to the side and going, damn, I'm low. So, but, but (laughs) but the great thing was, is that I had so much airspeed that I could climb very quickly. I got up to 2,000 feet before it started, to, you know, getting close to stall speed. And about that time, the instructor calls me on the radio and wanted to know what my altitude was. I said, oh, I'm coming up on 2,000 feet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, that's a great story, yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. That a lot of guys in those little airplanes kill themselves when they get off soloing, you know. Oh, yeah. It, it, some, some airplanes, they call them docker killers, you know. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. But I think it's the Mooney uh, that they always refer the to yeah. yeah,
0: exactly right, yeah, yeah. You know,
1: Uh, But anyway, uh, flying is just so much fun. I would love to have continued doing it, but uh, I uh, I spent all my money within uh, like a year or two uh, learning how to fly and soloing. and never got my uh, private pilot you know, they have a
0: re- they have a recreation pilot, I think now, so you don't really need to get the full one if you just. No,
1: no. I mean, I, I, I'm sure I could do that now. I might have to have my logbook checked. I'm sure there would be something that they would they would require me to do. But uh, my wife says no, I can't go flying because I'm because I'll I will die.
0: <laughs> yeah. well, we all die eventually, anyways.
1: Right? Well, you know how you drive your jeep, so that's all she has to go by. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's right. i will take my my wife. I think is coming with me to EJS with with you guys. Oh, nice. So. Yeah, we'll see how that goes.
1: <laughs> That's great. I'm glad to hear you're going. So, uh, oh, let me, let me dovetail this back real quick. Uh, you, you've been a Patreon subscriber for a while now. I know you've been a Jeep Talk Show listener prior to becoming a Patreon subscriber. Uh, what got you? Uh, well, how did you find out about the Jeep Talk Show to start with?
0: Uh, you know, I listen to some podcasts here and there. And when I got my, my uh, JLU, I was looking for podcasts, and And, you know, I did a search and found you guys. And, you know, I do a lot of driving back and forth at the airport. And I live, about, I live about an hour and a half east of the airport. Um kind of where the- uh regatta was this weekend, the duck regatta, yeah, I live five minutes from there, so it's, you know it takes me about hour, so you know, I just listen to the podcast going there and back, you know,
1: well, so. we certainly appreciate you listening to us we're I always uh, like to uh, say we're the best kept secret on the internet,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell everybody, so well, oh, so, I appreciate that I've got you some listeners
1: so uh what what got you to be a patreon subscriber just a, a thank you or is, was there anything yeah, you were hoping to get out you. of that I
0: mean you guys put a lot of a lot of love in the show, and uh, you, you give a lot of good information out. Uh, I, and I like the people on the show, so yeah, that's why I subscribe. Uh,
1: well, so, we certainly appreciate I, I
0: that give a little back you
1: know yeah yeah no i I know what you mean there's i do the same thing that if i get a lot of entertainment a lot of information from from a podcast i want to i want to be a part of that helping out a part of that to keep them going because especially i know how difficult it is to get listeners uh there's so many podcasts out there do you listen to any other uh, jeep podcasts
0: yeah i i listened to the jeep there was the northwest i like those guys um gary and gary and and their other yeah. brother Gary. And then I listened to the uh, the Metal Club one. What is that one? Um, the guy that runs Metal Club. Oh
1: crap! I'm I'm brain farting. I know this <laughs> one. M- yeah, too.
0: Yeah, oh, but they, you know,
1: yeah. You know you know the North uh, NW, uh, Jeep podcast. They changed their name to Jeep Podcast. The Jeep Podcast, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys. Those guys are pretty fun. They're, they're a little bit kind of more on the hard side i think you know
1: mm-hmm. well that's where you're going with your jeep right now isn't it i mean you've done a lot yeah to it but you're doing i don't
0: take i don't take myself that serious so <laughs> <laughs> you know i just like to go out i just want to build well i've kind of transitioned over to the hardcore side because when i decided to go 40s which let me tell you something just going 40s and buying new axles and tires it's it's a, i i'm starting to realize this is a lot of money i'm dumping into my jeep oh a bunch 37s to 40s it's like it's eye opening because you not I mean, you know you're not just buying axles. You got to buy new wheels because you're getting age. You got to buy you know a power assist. You got to buy new drive uh, shafts. I mean, it just goes on and on. Well, so. it, that's why that's the
1: reason why we call it a sickness, uh, and it's a something yeah. you got to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, yeah I'm, I'm, my wife hates me, so it's all good. <laughs> I'm right. just joking. We just celebrated our 31st anniversary. Oh, okay, uh, congratulations!
1: Week um so uh the the cool thing is having a vehicle that you can go and do pretty much anything the the downside to it is is that if anything happens to it you've lost so much uh in in losing that that uh, that vehicle all the stuff that you've done to it or if it's stolen that's the worst part of it but you know you can't live your life like you're gonna something bad's gonna happen
0: well you know it's that's that's true and that's why i've I trailer mine now. <laughs> I went out and bought me a global warmer to tow it, and um, so I'll tow it to places now, and if I break it, at least, you know, I'll just throw it on the trailer. I, you know, it, I think every person has to have a Jeep guy. You know, a, a good. I, I'm more an operator than than a ma- mechanic type guy, mm-hmm. a maintainer, I'm more an operator. Uh, so we have, well, I'm lucky, I have a really good Jeep guy in Rockwall, and he's pretty much built my Jeep, and if I have any problems, I'll take care of it. But, you know, he, he keeps me in check, because I, you know, I'm always like, okay, I'm gonna get this. because you don't need that. You don't need that. And, you know, I, was, I wanted to build this these, these new axles. I go, well, hey, I'm in case I want to go 42s later. You know, and he's like, no, don't go 42s. Because you'll just roll your jeep at 42s. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because then that's buggy lines. You know. So, so like, is okay.
1: this a, a business that you deal with or just yeah, an individual? Yeah.
0: Platinum, uh, platinum off road. Oh, you uh, did Mike, mention that. Yeah, I think you mentioned that on uh, Discord. Platinum off road. He's um, he is a guru. I'll tell you, he does some really fine work.
1: And he's um, in yeah. Rockwall, Texas. Rockball, Texas. Yeah. Did he, did he adopt the duck?
0: Uh yeah. Yeah, I think he's part of that show actually. <laughs> oh, is he? <laughs> yeah, he's the main sponsor there and uh yeah, he helps I think pretty pretty sure he helps on the Jeep part. You know, that's only the second year they've done the Jeep stuff. That that event's been going on for many years. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's been the duck race, but now they've incorporated Jeep. So I think every year that's going to get bigger and bigger and better and better. So I'm kind yeah. of excited about
1: that. Uh, I, I spoke with Mary last year, and I, I believe one other person there that's uh, from another company that was a part of that. And uh, that's what she had said, that they brought, they, they didn't know about the, the duck Jeep thing, and they were bringing yeah. that in. And I think this last time I interviewed her before this uh, most recent event that they had, uh, was uh, and, and by the way, I'm talking about the rubber duck uh, regatta there at Rockwall, Texas, where you can adopt uh, one or more ducks. And uh, it, they put it in a, in a pond or a, a made, man-made little stream. And whoever, uh, whatever duck wins the race, you could win a, a Jeep or uh, some uh, gift cards. And um, so anyway, uh, Andrew, uh, our uh, Jeep Talk Show team member, uh, actually won the Jeep last year, the first year that they were doing this. Uh, that was pretty wild. Um, anyway, uh, and we all hate him. Um, so, uh, but the, the it, it's really neat to that they have that. And I, when I asked her about this year, how did it went with the the Jeep uh, input, she goes, "Oh, it was amazing." So, yeah, I think you're right. I think they're going to continue the the Jeep aspect of this going forward.
0: Yeah, I kind of hope you guys get involved in it. You know, um, come on up, bring bring the truck and enjoy. You can stay. Up, I got you got a free place to stay, man. Oh, thank you.
1: So, uh, is there any airplane involved in there? You don't have an F eighteen in the back because I I would certainly. <laughs> Damn it, all, you know, all solo, it's not fly. a problem. I don't, I
0: don't want to do it on my <laughs> off-time, man. I put, I put all my money, my Jeep is my airplane. And then, you know, I could probably get a nice airplane for what I got in my Jeep. I'll oh, I know, I know. Uh,
1: <laughs> so, that, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a little safer, I think. So, l- yeah. let's get into that a little bit. Uh, you said that you uh, flew the A6, and uh, we, we mentioned this before we started the interview. That's one of the few books, uh, novels that I've read, uh, Flight of the Intruder. Wonderful, wonderful uh, book and uh did did every aircraft carrier have a phantom shitter, or was that just something that had the book
0: uh that was something they had in the book but (laughs) i've heard of real cases of the phantom oh i'm I'm sure i mean it's 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 a
1: it's navy people they're going to be doing all kinds of shit pardon the fuck
0: a bunch of guys cooped up on a you know aircraft carrier and they're gone months at a time they look for things to do and yeah, there's some pretty wild stuff that happens, <laughs> you know. Now you're not allowed to drink on aircraft carrier these days. I think back then maybe you could. You
1: know? Oh, yeah, really. So uh, the the A six. Now I know the the flight of the Intruder was about uh, Vietnam. So yep. the A six was a very old plane, even when you were flying
0: it. Yep, it, yeah, it sure was. And it, in fact, it, you know, it it we I put it to bed. I was one of the last squadrons that that flew it uh, off the aircraft carriers um it was it's an all-weather attack i was based at Woodby island up in washington state and you could literally do missions at night in the weather through the cascades in through valleys and fly through the valleys you know, 100 200 feet off the ground and then you know engage in a target it, and the, a lot of people don't know it but it also it was a uh, it had a nuclear program you could you could launch nuclear uh bombs with it and i, th- I thought it was kind of funny because you know the, the way you launch these it was it, it was a dumb bomb right so you you came up real fast and then you did a half loop and you launch it and this thing goes probably you could probably get it like 40 50 miles away oh but, my goodness you know not well that's
1: important in a nuke
0: <laughs> yeah, well i'm just saying you know when we're, you're just supposed to keep going and then turn around and run i'm like if i if you ever had to drop one of those for real back in the day i think i think probably would have been engulfed by the uh by The shock wave from, mm-hmm. from the from the Luke, you know. Yeah. So, what was uh, so what, what
1: was like the top speed? speed? Yeah. What was the top? Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, red alert. Uh, so what was the top speed on the uh, the A six? And I I know it's altitude dependent, but
0: yeah, it's altitude dependent. It wasn't supersonic. Um, so you know, just depend on the altitude. Um, you, I'm just trying to think. You know when you're coming when you're in. I guess it like, doesn't oh, matter, does it? You don't really you look. I'm going like 350 knots. Nobody's so going to pull you over, miles.
1: so you don't have to really watch
0: the speed. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'd say like four or five hundred miles per hour. You know, yeah, 350, yeah, 350 knots. I think is what we buy our missions at. You know.
1: So no offense, I'm just going to tell you my opinion. Uh, I, I'm no military or airplane expert, but my opinion was uh, that the A6 was kind of a crap airplane. But it sounds really nice from what you're talking about the, the, the capabilities that it
0: had. Uh, okay. It's a Grumman. Grumman <laughs> uh, Grumman Ironworks, uh-huh. it can take abuse. It was a tough airplane. Now, it's a type of airplane, you walk out the flight line, if you don't see oil and hydraulics thrown all over the tarmac, uh, then you've got to worry, you know? It oh, a big, it's a Jeep. It's <laughs> a Jeep. Yeah, I, I, you know what? It, it, it is the Jeep. An A6 Intruder <laughs> is a Jeep. Uh-huh. And uh, there's, Grumman, I don't think they ever built a bad airplane, I'll be honest with you. Oh, Grumman, nice. Grumman, they, they they strong airplanes that could take a beating yeah and, uh, you know i mean the electronics were iffy yeah
1: right uh now uh th- did you actually fly uh now you have flown some combat missions there was any of the combat uh in the a6
0: no it was all in the f18 yeah uh it's funny because i was on the us kitty hawk in 94 and we were going to the Gulf because it was right that's right after the Gulf war right and mm-hmm. so my whole squadron i showed up to it right when they were coming back and we were going back out and then the, the uh little man in North Korea decided to act up so we got switched off and we were flying up against the North Koreans harassing them for about 6 months <laughs> you know but
1: well, so anyway. when you say harassing was this be just your presence or actually aircraft in the air aircraft
0: in the air yeah we go right up we go right up to the border and you know
1: so you did some them. some nose on nose maybe some uh middle finger pointing uh, yeah, at, uh north Korean pilots
0: <laughs> yeah pretty much now you you couldn't fly over it if you actually no no went over no, no. Line, that, that would be a bad thing. you were landing you were landing you were going back to the ship you were landing and I think I remember a guy doing that in an f14 and uh you know it's like one of those things you're landing right right down there, and uh you're gonna that plane's gonna be on the ground for a while and you're gonna be in trouble so yeah. <laughs> you're gonna be doing a tap dance to the uh
1: oh I bet. Yeah, so I mean that's uh, that's that could be considered provocation and uh, could be very serious. There was going to be some money being spent one way or another.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. It was a bit and funny, you know. And you say because the A six was old, you know, we were relying on like radio instruments and and the visually seeing the the border not to cross it. You oh know? really? So, like, My goodness. Oh you know, yeah, And It was yeah. You had to you had to pay attention. You know. Wow. It was a lot of close air support. It was a good close air support airplane actually, and that's. You know, where you're supporting a ground troop, they call you in and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, you know, we got enemy." We pretend at that point, but you know, we got enemy over here, so come in, and they they throw a smoke or something, you bomb it, or you know, if it seals, they laser laser designate it, mm-hmm. and then you put a laser bomb on it.
1: The laser, laser designation must have had been just hor- not horrendous, amazing to have that kind of precision on the bombs, but. I would think that uh, dropping bombs without the the laser guidance would be is more of an art form. Uh, something that you have to practice to get it right.
0: Uh, you know, it's funny because when I went to the F eighteen, it's it's a fighter attack. It does both missions. So, right. coming from the A six community, I was always roped into doing all the all the bomb planning and all. That. And that's kind of like what I, I like flying low, ingress into a target mm-hmm. and dropping bombs. That's kind of like what I like to do. And yeah, it back then it was a skill and. It still is to drop a dumb bomb, and we teach students to drop dumb bombs. And but you know, when you get out in the fleet now, everything's GPS based, man. It's you know, well, or or like I said, a seal will will put a little dot on a window, and that bomb will that bomb will hit that, that dot and go right through it.
1: Yeah, I mean, when yeah. you don't have uh, guidance like that for the, the bomb to make its own cho- course changes, and you're uh, uh, dropping bombs close to friendlies, it's it's really critical how good you are at it.
0: Oh yeah, I mean it. You know, air, you got to your your airspeed's got to be right because you plan for this ahead of time. Your airspeed's got to be right. Your dive angle's got to be right. Your release altitude's got to be right. And you know, you could sling it. You know, just by being instead of a, a forty five degree dive, if you're at a forty two degree dive, you know, it, it's it's going to go short. You know, right? And it's gonna short of the target. You know, because you're just not at that dive angle. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like it could be hundred yards short, and that's where it could be where your friendly troops are.
1: Now, when you're shooting uh, with a gun long distances, wind and humidity, all that stuff can make a, make a difference. I, I'm, I'm guessing that when you're dropping a, a dumb bomb, especially in like the 500-pound range, that it, it, it doesn't affect it as much? Or is that wrong? Uh,
0: wind, yeah. Yeah, you know, it does. It sure does. And for a dumb bomb, I mean, literally, if you don't know the wind, it, it will drift. You know, if you're if you're doing multiple, and a lot of times what you'll see is you'll come in and you'll see the guy in front of you drop, and he dropped, you know, at seven o'clock at right there. So you move it up two hundred, two o'clock at you know two hundred yards. If he's if he went at seven hundred yards, and that's how you you know you kind of estimate that time. You know, but now with the calculations, they actually have you know death dots in your HUD. <laughs> you know, if if you're wa- launching, if you are launching a dumb bomb. It does all the calculations. It's called CCIP, but mm-hmm. it's a it's a little dot that you know it's going to take into you take your dive angle, your wind, and wherever you put that dot, the bomb's going to land there. It will take into account the winds and everything. Now, this winds at law, so if there's a drastic wind shift from where you release where it hits sure but it's that big you know yeah
1: you're in- it, it, it's it's not as precise i guess is what i'm getting to yeah. the, that's the skill part and it's kind of a crapshoot it's just uh you you hope and it, it that's interesting too that you mentioned the guy in front of you watching where the bombs drop and that makes perfect sense
0: oh um, yeah yeah. well you know when and, and we practice we have these little uh these little blue bombs they're just little practice bomb mark 76 is what they call them but you know we'll carry like 12 of them and we'll, we'll just do a pattern and it, you know and we'll sit there okay that one land, yeah, at, at 2 o'clock, you know. And then you come around and make sure, okay, that one at 2. Now you just go back and, you you know, you'll put it down there at, uh, you know, 7 or 8 o'clock and you just shack them right. over and over.
1: Now, when, if you were doing an actual bomb pass out in combat, would you make multiple passes or would it be one pass and get the hell out of there?
0: Oh, well, it depends. I mean, if it was like a close air support, I mean, uh, to be real, we own the sky in Iraq, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> within, you know, within – probably 12 hours (laughs) you know what I'm saying I mean they they wouldn't if they came up they were dead and and in fact if they turned on their uh their Sams their their air air to you know ground to air missiles they they were dead and so they knew that so you know a place like that yeah you might get away with it you know Mm -hmm. now Vietnam that was the golden rule was never never do reattacks you know right a lot of guys were shot down doing reattacks in fact I mean if you read a lot of the guys Alvarez and all those guys that were DOWs during the Vietnam War. Some a lot of times they were to win the attacks. So
1: yeah. yeah, I mean everybody's uh, everybody's alerted. Yeah, I, and I love this about our military. Uh, that I, I know there's a, a group of people that say we shouldn't be spending all this time and effort into upping uh, and continuing to up our military uh, technology. I think it's absolutely wonderful. Uh, that's the, the uh, to me it's the best way to stay out of a conflict. To have something so uh, amazing and so accurate and so easy for us to put into place. Uh, To uh, uh, surgically wipe things out that we don't like, uh, I think it's a great thing, and we should continue to do that. I love uh, all the military spending that we do. I think that uh, actually, I think the government should be in uh, the federal government should be doing two things: uh, military and R and D. And uh, sometimes those two things come into conjunction with one another.
0: Yeah, and and that's a true statement. And you look, (laughs) we we've always kind of had smaller armies, but our weapons are always superior and. You know, there's some years, depending on the political winds, where, you know, Russia or China kind of catch up with us. But then, you know, then it changes and then we build our, our technology. But I mean, we have, you know, our fighter, our air to air stuff is just incredible. And our submarines, my, my daughter's actually a submarine hunter. Uh, that's what she does. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. She's a, she's a Naval Academy graduate. I'm proud of her. And uh, she's on a, what's the P 8 Poseidon. I really can't talk about her mission too much, but. They uh, they hunt submarines, and that's kind of a big business right now. So if you go out to their flight line, it's all new airplanes. Man, we are putting the money into that that platform. Mm-hmm. So.
1: so now I'm gonna uh, dovetail over to the F A eighteen that I got to tell you. I mean, I I think it's a, a great fighter. Uh, but it's not my favorite. F-16 was my favorite, and I know they didn't fly the F-16 because of the single engine, uh, and uh, the F-18 was a a, a Navy uh, plane because of the, the, the two engines. Uh, what's it like to fly an F-18, and, and do you have any idea about the number of people that want to be fighter pilots in an actual fighter like this that they try and they're actually able to get into it? Because it, to me, I've always heard it's very rare to be a
0: fighter pilot. Well, it's I, I think most guys and gals that go to the flight program in the Air Force, the Navy, you know, would like to go to the fighter route. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes they get into, you know, it's all kind of based performance-based, right? And we have, in the Navy, we have primary and advanced training, primary. When you come out of primary, depending on your grades, first of all, even to select jets, you have to have jet grades. And so, you know, so you're talking hundreds of guys going and maybe, you know, 20% get jets and then right then you go through jets and there's all kinds of jets right and the top guys usually get the f-18s or or the f-35s now is what's on board so um yeah so there's a lot of yeah it's 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 a small percentage it and it's a lot of work and there's some luck to it i mean you know i've had some luck um i've kind of been one of those guys that i'm not as smart as you know you get those guys that you graduate from the Naval Academy, number one, and they do have to hardly study. I've always been the type that had have to study and work my tail off to get where I've been. And hey, I'm kind of proud of myself. I came from a pretty rough background. My dad took care of me, don't get me wrong, but I was a, I was a pretty wild, wild teenager in high school. That sounds and like
1: I, a good aspect for a, a fighter pilot. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know, and what's even funnier is I'm a liberal arts major. So, you know, they did a study, and they, they, they said uh, some of the best fighter pilots in the world were liberal arts pilots, you know, liberal arts That's guys. interesting. Not that I'm a I was a great fighter pilot or anything, but you know it's a, it it it's I I did have to take calculus and stuff because they've Navy turned me down a first. It was during the Top Gun, during the Top Gun thing, you know after Top Gun came out, everybody wanted to be a Navy pilot. Right? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, and and I was like, crap, this is, this is what I've been wanting to do my whole life, you know. And um, so I went. I was at I was flying Grand Canyon tours in Las Vegas. So I went to UNLV and took a physics course because I had failed the physics part of it. And then when I took that, I finally had the grades, and they finally. It took me, but I, you know, I had a communications major from the University of Colorado when I went in there. You know,
1: well, communications is part of uh, flying the the, the the jet, right? I you got to talk yeah. to somebody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I would try anything. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I just I just wanted to fly, and you had to have a degree to be airlines or or the military back mm-hmm. then. It was, right. Even today, to be in the military to be a pilot, you have to have a college degree.
1: Is there is there anything you could tell somebody that maybe they're out there and they want to be a fighter pilot? Uh, the the best thing they could do other than uh, be smart and and uh, no calculus.
0: Well, it's definitely it's definitely a young person's game. If you want to be if you want to be a fighter pilot in the Navy, um, you know I, I'd say buck you got to start in high school. You got to buckle down, take STEM courses. You know all the math, the mm-hmm. physics, right. and then uh, go off and get your college degree and then enter the Navy, uh, you know, yeah, if you're going to go in, if you can get a little bit of prior flight time, if you go to programs like ROTC or the Naval Academy, they'll, they'll give you some flight time and uh, you get you ready, and you'll go to primary, and then you can probably do pretty good. So, now, I mean, the, that's now, a hard route to take, but.
1: Yeah, now, the, the, is there a, a height preference? Because uh, I, I've heard that the, it's pretty tight in there, and uh, somebody that may be a 6'4 or something may have a hard time being a fighter pilot.
0: 6'4 four is close. There, there there is requirements, and the requirements is not so much as the cockpit, it's the ejection seat. Ah. So if, you know, if you're a real short person, it's you're probably gonna get hurt pretty bad if you eject. And if you're a real tall person, you know, your your legs are sticking up above the ejection seat, you know, you're going 49 G's hitting that ejection seat. Mm-hmm. You could break things with it. So it's it's and it's also a weight thing. You know, if you're overweight, you know, it's obviously it's just gonna be it, it's going to be
1: well that's as fat shaming you can't do that anymore you, you no, have no, a 600 sorry. pound pilot
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm not exactly a skinny guy so let me tell you <laughs> but yeah that, yeah there is it but like i said it's, it's not so much now there is some cockpits but it's overall mainly for the ejection
1: seat mm-hmm. uh, so what's the most no, no, the, the largest number of g's that you've ever pulled and i would assume it's in the f18 but it maybe not
0: yeah yeah i mean you know it's funny the f18 is a seven and a half not uh or seven and a half g airplane, and it's funny in the movie, the new Top Gun. They actually talk about that seven and a half and what a limit you fact, and they go up to nine. Right. I mean, guys have pulled nine and ten g's in the F eighteen, but it requires a a maintenance inspection. It's not, it's something you don't want to do.
1: Yeah, I've, uh, I've heard comments. I've read comments where they're talking about this is this is bullshit that somebody would go this because when you do that, that 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 plane's no longer any good. You've bent
0: stuff well, in it. it. It, it, I mean, it depends on how much. Like, if you, if you pull fifteen Gs, yeah, mm-hmm. but it, you could probably get away with nine or ten, and you're not going to trash the airplane. But but we go into a centrifuge. We do because you have to do the training for it, and it's I mean, you know a centrifuge. Yeah, edition.
1: yeah, yeah. I've seen the the yeah. Apollo mission type stuff, and even before yeah, the and Gemini mission,
0: 10 Gs, and it, it just hurts. <laughs> you know, you come out there and you got blood vessels busted in your arm. I mean, it's like you got spider web blood vessels. Really? When you G out, it teaches you how to do it. How to do it's called a it's called a hook maneuver. It's basically like you're taking a crap and you're squeezing your uh, thighs real tight, and it's not right. uh, a hook maneuver. So you're you're breathing out, but you can actually you'll actually see the tunnel vision start to close up, and and I mean it's 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 amazing. It's like it's all black, and you're just seeing it. It's and it's almost down to a straw, and then you'll do that hook maneuver, and it will open up and get wider. Oh,
1: good. So you're you're not uh, you're not uh, you can start it with before. Uh, it gets to that point,
0: and I would yeah. assume. Oh yeah, you're doing it when you're when you're getting ready to pull. You're starting that maneuver, and you and you've got G suit, which squeezes around your abdomen and your um and your legs. Mm-hmm. And keeps the blood. You know, yeah, it's all about
1: keeping the blood in the brain, which is the problem. Yes. Is is it wants to drain out? Um. Yeah. So is this something uh, that anybody can do if they're if they're aware that they need to take a dump? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that could be embarrassing consequences.
0: Uh, that you need to no, take there, a dump. There's been a, you know, call signs. Call signs. Happen for a reason. And there's global call signs for accidentally, uh,
1: you know, got in their <laughs> pants. <laughs> Feces don't fail me now. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, but is this something that, uh, like, if, like if you went out on a, a, a ride along and the pilot, you know, is going to give you some Gs, I've seen the video, saw it relatively recently, people passing out. Could you literally, if you squeezed hard enough, uh, keep that from happening? Or is this something that you have to practice over time? Like-
0: Definitely have to practice, and 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 I think when they give those public rides, I gave it a couple. It's been many years. You know, you go over the Jeep maneuver, but it's unless you're you're timing and you know what you're doing, it's if it, just in one ride you're not you're going to black out. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let me tell you something. I can make anybody black out if I really wanted to. You know, if they were a passenger back there, uh, you know, if I wanted to, you're going to pass out.
1: How, how I mean. difficult was it? I mean, it's this is obviously very important that you don't black out as being pilot in command. Uh, if and especially if you're the one that knows how to do it and the other person doesn't, uh, you, you passing out could be a very deadly uh
0: situation, so it happens, and there's been a lot of fatalities because of that. it yeah. happens. That it's, I mean, I'm not gonna say it's common, but I've seen it. I've seen guys, I'm like, hey, where are you going? And they, they're spiraling down, you know, and then they they kind of they, they ease off the G's and they kind of wake up. And usually, it takes you know, it takes probably 15 20 seconds to get your wits about you, sure. Um, you know, after you black out, you'll, you'll see. You know, in the center you see guys pass out, and they wake up, and they they can't even they don't even know their name for fifteen thirty seconds. You know, so but I've seen guys, you know, spiraling down. I'm like, hey, where are you going, man? You know, and, <laughs> and all of a sudden they come out. Oh, I I blacked out. You know, I G locked.
1: It's, it's funny because he goes, I was talking to grandma. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. They were yeah they, they were having they were having some nice dreams. I don't know, but exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's really, really interesting. So, uh, I, I told you that we were just going to be able to scratch the surface of this. I have so many questions. Um, now, let's get to the the, the, the passenger airplanes. Um, this has to be incredibly, and I don't want to get you in trouble, but this has to be incredibly boring compared to the A6 and the F-18, even if it's, even if it's nothing but just to take off and, oh, I forgot. Now you you have had, to, I mean, one of the first things that I'd want to do, and as long as it didn't get me pulled from flying would be to to go faster than the speed of sound. So yeah. how, how long was it for you to, before you got to do that?
0: And did you buzz the tower? A six was, well, <laughs> wasn't capable. Of, I flew the no, A four, no. and that wasn't it. But yeah, the F eighteen was the first time I went. Uh, I went faster than the than Mach one. Yeah, it's kind of a cool thing. Oh, I you would feel edging. Yeah, there's a little rumble when you hit, it and it smooths out. It's, it's kind of neat.
1: Um, was there? Um, let's see. What was I going to say? The um, so I, I, you mentioned A six and F eighteen. What else have you flown for the military?
0: For the military, uh, well, I trained in the T-2, well, the T-34, the T-2, the A-4. Then I um, instructed the T-45. I did that in the reserves. So I did uh, 11 years active duty. Then I went into the reserves, and I flew the T-45 down to Kingsville, which is near you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's air advanced strike training. And it's a little delta wing airplane. Um, I think the Brits fly it for their, their demonstration team. Um, it's the gosh hawk. A little delta wing airplane It's pre- it's a pretty fun little airplane actually it has a nice little HUD system in it uh the newer ones the C's mm-hmm. um, so it's a very good transition from that to the F18 Mhm. 45 T4 D34 A6 F18
1: Yeah. Uh oh and I forgot that you actually flew some combat missions in Iraq. What did uh, what did you do uh, other than strut around <laughs> because nobody's going to mess was, with you?
0: <laughs> kind of like uh just going over harassing them just Enforcing the no-fly zone, um, you know. Did you they,
1: did you tell somebody and sell, they'll warn them off, and then say they they just turned around and landed, or?
0: Oh, uh, if they sometimes they'd come up and then they'd immediately turn around. You know, it's funny because he buried, you know, right after during the war, he knew we were gonna blow him up, so he buried all his F 14s in the sand, and we we found them and dug them up. But yeah, they they were afraid to come up in the air. They, they it would have been a short life for him. I'll mm-hmm. put it that way.
1: No so, shootdowns then. No, 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 not not necessary. They, were, they the wouldn't come out of the that house.
0: Bills really of the guys in the first twenty-four hours of the war. After that, it was we pretty much owned the air, so it was it was kind of hard, you know. Do you recall how many sorties you flew? Uh, let me see. For combat, I think I got like forty-seven, something like that. I don't know. in your law book. It's green ink. They call it green. Interesting. ink. Interesting. So, yeah, I got an air medal out of it, and that, that was for, I think, at that time it was 35 missions, so I got an air medal um, for flying 35 missions, which which is, that's been a, a blessing in my second career, by mm-hmm. the way. Oh, yeah, well, it's better than a Jeep honor badge, par- I can tell you that. It's free parking, that. parking at the airport. Free oh, is it? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> not to park in employee parking lot well, I can move up I can move up and park in the garage so yeah. you're
1: right next to the pregnant people right <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah well I can't park in the, the handicap but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah when I got that medal I didn't think it was a big deal but you know, now I'm like, man, that was like best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> oh, I
1: would, I would be very happy with that. It's just like I, like I said, it, it's a lot better than a Jeep Honor Badge, and people love getting those things. All you have to do is yeah, just go I like, someplace. I like Jeep Honor Badges, though so, yeah. you know, no, it's it, they're fine, but I mean, that's that's a lot more special to me anyway. All right, so uh, so anyway, you've been uh, faster than the speed of sound. Uh, you've uh, flown combat missions over Iraq, and uh, so that was that the only only time you flew combat missions was over Iraq.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's enough.
1: Don't get me wrong. I just want to make sure I don't miss something here.
0: I mean, you know, the rest of the time, you know, is basically peacekeeping missions, you know, like harassing North Koreans. And uh, we did some flying over Somalia, but nothing, you know, nothing where I was. Nothing with fell. China or Russia? No. Well, well I mean, yeah, you are you're always intercepting Chinese. And, and the Russians at the time when I was in there, they, they were pretty much falling apart. And, um, that's oh, right yeah. Reagan took them down, but the Chinese—you know—they—they they, they, my daughter's been dealing with the Chinese too, so they're they're kind of the big threat. So, mm-hmm.
1: uh, would you uh, do you have any interest in space? Uh, I mean, I would think as a pilot, it would kind of put you in the a good position uh, that you uh, could be uh, an astronaut or somebody that could pilot a, a vehicle. I mean, certainly not these ballistic uh, things that are going off.
0: But yeah, it's kind of a career out. You got to choose. To do first of all, I I would have had to go on a master's in you know in some kind of engineering, prior Aerospace engineering, and usually guys like that go to um, the uh, test pilot school. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, So that's kind of the career progression for that. Um, I just I don't know. I never really thought about it. I just want to be a fighter pilot. So I just yeah. Well,
1: con- congr- congratulations on that because I, I, I maintain it's it's very rare for people that uh, actually get into that. Um, okay, oh. so so switching back over to the, uh, the the commercial stuff. Now you're a captain of the A320, and you were telling me before we got started that it's very difficult to get into the first seat. I think I'm saying that correctly. Uh, and is it oh, still is okay. it still the left
0: seat? Yeah. I, okay. It's not really that difficult now because it's the, the a humongous pilot shortage. So these oh, yeah. new guys. It, it took me probably. I probably could upgrade it like seven years ago, but I was flying wide-body airplanes, triple sevens and seven sixes. Seven sixes first, and went over triple seven, and I was flying all over the world. And, and senior guys like it because it's, it's a good high quality of life. It's one leg there and one leg back. But oh, yeah. I finally decided that, that I wanted to upgrade to captain, so I had to go back to the narrow-body fleet. And so it was either a choice between the seven three seven, the Boeing, or the um, the Airbus. And I, the seven three seven is an old piece of junk to me, so I. I actually want to say, I was always a Boeing, I'm not going, but I, I kind of bit the bullet and went there the Airbus, and it, I'm starting to get used to it, it's completely fly-by-wire, it's like an F-16, there's a little stick on the side, but it's nice, you got a tray in front of you, um, it's, it's a clean, it's modern, been nice navigation.
1: They, uh, they seem to be very nice. I mean, they seem to be really nice, but almost like uh, very boring compared to stuff. And I hate well, they, that. They, I hate you say just, that about the seven thirty seven. Anytime I flew any place, if I was flying and I I'd get there and I look at it it was a seven thirty seven, it's like, oh, I like that plane. I like flying on that plane. That would be yeah, great. I, I think the problem you had said though that it was just they're old.
0: They're old, and and honestly, Southwest Airlines has kind of been an influence on them for many years. So the, they. They, you know, they've always been this one single type aircraft. And so, you know, every new one that comes out they're they're throwing boxes on the old ones to keep up the technology. So mm-hmm. you just have boxes everywhere and they're just, they're just archaic looking. They have the same overhead panel. Whereas the new Airbus stuff is kind of updated. Now don't get me wrong. The, 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 uh, 737 max, uh, that they have out there now, that's pretty modern. Right. It, it's the, uh, the airbus
1: so yeah i always liked it and of course i was flying a lot of southwest so that makes sense uh, so yeah. I, I was flying southwest back when they would still give you peanuts you know before you had to worry about uh every other, thir- other every other person having a peanut allergy
0: uh, yeah i know yeah they they don't do that anymore i don't think but <laughs> no, no they don't um, it's funny both my sisters are flight attendants for uh southwest airlines so that's <laughs> kind of odd yeah well it uh, sounds, uh,
1: sounds like you have a whole uh f- a family of uh, flying with the exception of your daughter um and, and who knows maybe they'll fly that submarine eventually, depending on the technology
0: <laughs> uh, well uh, can you can you mention what well, she does she's there? do submarines so. though <laughs> yeah can you mention what she what she does on the submarine she is a uh, naval flight officer so she's basically a weapons officer so oh, like when they yeah. uh, when they what? hunt submarines they drop little things down uh sauna buoys mm-hmm. and try to find submarines and uh, these things are very capable and then if they have to prosecute one they'll they'll launch torpedoes down to it and you know she's the one that would give the command for that the pilots kind of fly where they want her where she tells them to fly right she's kind of in charge of that so yeah i'm very proud of her She's, she's a good girl
1: so this kind of dovetails into this next section. I'd like to talk to you. We're, we're going to have to have you back because I have a lot more questions about uh, flying, uh, uh, anytime about it. Uh, you know, flying the uh, the Airbus and uh, commercial stuff. But anyway, uh, I want to get to this part now. It's interesting. I did not know about your daughter prior to this this uh, this conversation, this interview. I, I did want to talk to you about Dave uh, Fravor, and I hope I'm pronouncing that that name correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'm a big uh, space, uh, airplane, and UFO fan. Um, and uh, I, I don't know that everybody's kept up with uh, the 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 nose cam footage or whatever it was that was. Uh, I'm sure it was shot from an F-18. Uh, it was
0: a flare. It was a flare footage. Yeah. By it, so
1: Yeah. Of the Tic Tac. Everybody's been referring to it as a Tic Tac because it looks like a little Tic Tac. Of course, it wasn't. Hey, it does.
0: Yeah. It wasn't it does. the
1: size of a Tic Tac. And uh, Dave uh, Fravor actually talks about uh, getting into a, a descending uh, a bank and, and going down to the TIC-TAC and the TIC-TAC coming up and doing the same thing, but, you know, like in reverse, mirroring what he was doing. And uh, he's actually been uh, most recently in front of Congress uh, that uh, he talked about this. And, and you know Dave Fravor. You know him personally. You've, uh, you've worked with him. And uh, I think you had said that you had done some flight training with him.
0: Yeah, he was uh, he was a little more senior to me, and when I transitioned from day six, to F eighteen, he was my instructor. So um, he, yeah, he kind of taught me how to fly the F eighteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, he's uh, he's also featured on the show Carriers. Uh, I think it's on the History Channel. Um, he, yeah, Dave's his call sign sex. I you call him Dave. It's kind of funny. I call him <laughs> yeah. by his call sign. But, uh, yeah. But what what is, what is a, it again?
1: Did you say sex Ed? Sex, like
0: sexual favor so. oh that's right yeah it's funny they took it off the airplane for that show carrier i'm they sure took, <laughs> they took the call sign off they, they, i don't know what i can't remember what they put on there, well i'm sure he's they,
1: heard 20 bucks is 20 bucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah they probably took off a lot of uh, a lot of the call signs <laughs> there's, some pretty, there's some pretty funny ones yeah but yeah yeah no he's legit he's a legit dude and um uh he, you know he's the commanding officer of the squad the f-18 squadron in that in that show and uh
1: um, and, and during this and during this event that he was uh, that he's talked about, and and the main reason I bring that up is it's cool that you know this guy who's who's very famous because of this uh, potentially world shaking event. Um, but my question to you is because we see things on TV all the time, and and we say okay, well that's just that person talking, and uh, you know who knows who they really are. And I know you can't say who. Uh, Mr. Uh, 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 Fravor is but based on your experience this is a real person and I mean obviously he was in charge of multi-million dollar aircrafts a whole squadron and people uh, that had to come back alive so this is a uh, somebody that you can trust in what he's having to say.
0: Yeah yeah he's not he's not full of crap I mean he's a he's a legit F-18 pilot that went up through the senior ranks and was in charge of a lot of aircraft uh, expensive aircraft and a lot of good men so mm-hmm. yeah he's legit he's not he's not gonna make something up i mean i don't think he you know he. he says well this is he it's an unidentified object uh, but they call him something now i can't remember it's not it's not ufo uap is a yeah yeah okay they got to go. change
1: it i mean as long as it's not saying swamp gas i'm okay
0: yeah okay <laughs> yeah and i mean i've seen the footage and it it's is, weird. You I know, mean, it's, it's funny because there was some talk about it maybe being a hologram. Some maybe the, I know the Russians and right. Chinese are are, are, are are into holograms, uh, but I, that's a, they're showing FLIR footage that puts out a heat signature. So, I don't think a, a FLIR puts out a heat signature. So, that makes it all the more weirder, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a crazy incident. And it's amazing the government's coming out and talking about it.
1: Well, they—I I don't think they've wanted to, and I think that's part of the problem. Uh, and I personally believe that we do have uh, craft. I mean, I think uh, the Skunk Works—the uh, the gentleman that was in charge of the Skunk Works actually said back in the '80s, like late '86 or something—that we have uh, the ability to take ET home again. Uh, and yeah. uh, back then, so uh, and that's and kind of he
0: say, didn't he say that he, he they, we actually have. body of of a crashed alien, I think he said that.
1: I don't remember remember him, but I do remember him saying that we had the technology to take uh, take ET home. Uh, So, this is kind of the question I was having about flying in space. I I firmly believe that we're going to have technology, uh, depending on what the government wants to do, uh, that will allow us to pilot crafts in space great distances. And it just makes sense to me that the people that have flying experience are the ones that are most likely going to be um, uh, tapped to 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 actually fly these things. So, that was one of the reasons why I'd asked you about that.
0: Now, the other thing yeah, I want to… I think so. But I also think, you know, that I think the technology is going to be there where it's going to be on autopilot most of the time, you know. it's it, Well, that you know, that's like it, flying the Airbus, right?
1: What's that? <laughs> that's like flying the Airbus, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I was gonna say, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna throw a little, uh, a little gas on the Airbus. The Airbus was built for foreign carriers that have low training standards mm. that flies itself and can land. It and does a lot of stuff automatically. You know, mm-hmm. it's that's why it's, it's not really a pilot's pilot's airplane, right? Yeah. You know? I mean, you, don't get me wrong. I t- we take it off and land it manually. Uh, when we land, it's us. Now, we have the capability of doing automatic landings if the vis- visibility is down to zero, you know, hands off, and it's, you know, all the way to stop. We can, you know, it can be pretty much zero visibility weather. Right. And get you safely. You know, but, you know, it's a big deal when we do that.
1: So. Do, do they use differential GPS at the airport to get that the kind of precision they need to be able to do that? Or
0: it, Well, it's not GPS. It's It's, it's actually an ILS system. So it's a beam. Wow!
1: A G- so ILS is that
0: accurate? Yeah, ILS is that accurate. Yeah. Wow. Now we do have GPS approach. We do tons, especially like down in Mexico, GPS approaches and everything. And um, GPS uh, is very accurate, but the, the minimums are higher. You you can't go. You know, they're a lot higher. They're they're more considered a non-precision type approach. Mm-hmm. Whereas ILS, the, the the visibility and and ceiling limits are a lot lower. On an ILS versus GPS. Yeah, but we do. We do build a, a complete approaches where it was step down altitudes on GPS fixes all the way down to landing.
1: So, so the the going back to the UFO thing, uh, especially with uh, the way your uh, what your daughter's in charge of on the submarine, and I understand you may not be able to talk about. Well, she's
0: this. A, she's, in a, she's on an airplane that hunts submarines. She's on oh, a
1: 737. Oh, okay.
0: She's on a 737. You said
1: she's submarine. Trying. I thought she was uh, in the oh, water. No, she's
0: in an airplane. She's a naval flight officer. So she went to flight school and everything. Yeah, yeah. No, she, they're in an airplane that circles around overhead, the And, and yeah. in fact, she, just, she spent the last three years over in the uh, South China Sea, hunting Chinese submarines, you know? So.
1: so the ordinance that she drops is from the airplane itself. Including, yeah. uh, I would assume also two buoys that would go down to detect the the submarines.
0: Yeah, they have these. They had these. Sauna, this this technology is old, but yeah, they have these sauna buoys. Mm-hmm. And they'll, I mean, they'll drop hundreds of them and in the ocean, and they're you know they just they're just listening. Yeah, they're just, for submarines and it. But the, the torpedoes these days are off the charts. I mean. God. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's classified.
1: Oh, it's scary to be in a submarine or a tank anymore. Um yeah, no. so uh but still, same question, because I can see that especially with the sonar buoys, has she found anything anomalous like as in the tic tac underwater? Because these things go water or air.
0: I she's at the point where she couldn't tell me if she, she can't tell me anything about her mission. It's her mission is a very, very secret. <laughs> so, oh sure yeah we don't want yeah. the enemies uh understanding our capabilities yeah she she pretty much doesn't tell me i you know I, i'll try to probe every once in a while and she's like she just gives me a dirty look. So I, oh, yeah, because she
1: knows you know what she can't I, She can't say. I learned
0: it. to back off, you know. But this is
1: dad. You can tell dad. You can trust I'm me. come like, on, oh, man. I used to have a top secret
0: clearance. Come on, man, you know. So. <laughs> used to is, yeah. the, is the problem. She's pretty hardcore, though. Dude. She's like, nope, I'm not telling you.
1: Anything. All right, Mark. Well, I'm, I'm glad we did this because uh, this is just so fascinating to me. Like I've told you, I've got a big thing about uh, airplanes, fighter airplanes, uh, uh, flown missions, you know, simulated, and it's is so neat to find out uh, just a, a, a beer scratch of what I've experienced in virtual uh, reality it, it was somebody that has been actually done it in real, reality uh, and and it didn't say thank you very much for your service I like to always say that uh, I am old enough to remember the the Vietnam War when everybody came home and people were spitting on soldiers and uh, I didn't like it uh, then and i I think we we bend over backwards trying to thank our uh, our soldiers, but I think that's a much better thing than what was being done uh, in the the mid seventies when people were coming home
0: but um, well, we have we have good we have good people out there right now and good young people out there uh like i, I part time i do uh recruiting for the naval academy and i probably sponsor 60 kids and they're out there doing great things seals flying fighter airplanes uh driving ships doing eod and uh we're in good hands mm-hmm. we're in good hands
1: well, I didn't get to pick on uh, some of the airplanes that I don't like, uh, like, for example, the F-15, because, I mean, it, it's fun to fly a bus at uh, Mach 1, Mach 2, but uh, come on, it's not the same thing as the little nimble fighters, but I'll I'll leave it at uh, that. <laughs> but,
0: you know, an F-15, the F-15 guys are probably the most uh, – obnoxious pilots in the military <laughs> so probably, I'll, I'll probably get some hate mail on that but you know uh they're, they're kind of like they go real high so their their weapons can they have a far reach that was kind of their claim to fame but they're no longer the big fish in the ocean so no boy it's just yeah, some
1: some beautiful there. planes that uh f-22 is just amazing to me f-22. uh f-32 or, or, uh, uh f-35 is not as pretty uh but boy, it's it's a nice it's a nice plane, but F twenty two so they nice. Definitely
0: invested in F 35s and the uh, F eighteen efs Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of the two uh, platforms. It, yeah, the F thirty five is uh, it's pretty stealthy. It's a, it's it's a nice airplane. It has that HUD system where you put it on and you can oh you see know, through
1: the plane. Yeah, see through your, it's see, like your We need that for off roading. We need to be able to oh, do yeah. that with a jeep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would actually be pretty good.
1: And, and selecting but, targets, I think, would just be fun in traffic. <laughs> There's that yeah. asshole.
0: <laughs> Man, I'll tell you, I, I wouldn't mind having something like can launch off some of these obnoxious off-roaders sometimes, you know?
1: Even even if it's just a, a Nerf bullet, a little Nerf sticker that was stuck yeah. on there. By the time, Yeah,
0: there's something that says dork or something, you know? By the, yeah, by the
1: time somebody got to work, if they had, you could tell how bad a driver they was by the number of Nerf darts they had on their vehicle.
0: <laughs> yeah, a little flag. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Idiot. Uh, I think I'm stealing that joke from uh, Gallagher. By the way, anyway, uh, so you know how the kids love the social media these days. How can people find out uh, more about you online?
0: Uh, I do have. Um, I'm pretty active in. Um, uh, what do you call it? Instagram, the, the TikTok, the Tik. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's Texas Rattler, Texas underscore Rattler underscore JLU. That's mm-hmm. kind of my, my. You can also I have Zabo's of Zoblatny. That's my call sign, Zabo. Mm-hmm. So um Is that what it uh, was
1: for on well, the military? Was Zabo?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was my I never did anything real stupid, so they just Oh, naturally. that's a shame.
1: But yeah, it makes <laughs> sense. Especially <laughs> trying to pronounce that last name. That's that's a. I don't feel ba- so bad about Mulroy whenever people have names that are just uh they be random syllables. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well my daughter's I think is screech, so but she's kind of loud so <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's great uh and uh, thank you for your daughter service as well that's going to be a fun job too uh although uh, it'd be somewhat dangerous uh probably less so than uh, being a submarine at least you can get away faster
0: yeah i mean the problem is you know you really can't defend yourself i'm you know she uh, they they get intercepted by the uh chinese migs all the time out there in the south china sea and then you know our fighters come and run them off but You know, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's Bailey 737, 900 is what it is. Oh, wow. You can lay down, uh, take a nap, do all kinds of crap. They got kitchen in there and stuff. I'm like, well, I didn't have a kitchen in F-18. I had to pee in a tube, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, No
1: bragging. (laughs) Well, Mark, thank you so much for being here, and I do want to get you back on here because uh, I have a lot more questions for you. I'll probably ask some of the same questions, but just fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Uh, I like to talk about my Jeep and off road. And yeah, I, like, I, I like mean, yeah, too. I mean th- that's that's my <laughs> fault because I'm just such a, a closet F a- aviator. I would just love to have done that. I just don't, uh, never uh, had the ma- maturity level to be able to make myself do stuff. I'd be, I'd be more like Buzz in the Tower. Go, uh, how fast will this thing go? And, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well you get in trouble many a guy's careers you know and for, for they call it flat hatting is what you call it so. yeah
1: no if i was ever in the military i'm sure it would be friendly fire that took me out <laughs> one smart ass <laughs> comment too many well mark thank you thank you very much and again thank you for uh, listening to the show and uh, now you can listen to yourself
0: yeah great i mean i appreciate it tony i love the show and uh, keep up the good work man i'll uh, i keep spreading the gospel so
1: Hey, thanks again to Zabo, former Navy pilot and now commercial pilot, an avid jeeper and off-roader. My God, wouldn't it have been cool just to uh, be in the, the back seat? Well, does the F eighteen have a back seat? I guess some some versions do. But man, how cool would it be to be in the back seat of a carrier landing? Um, I, I, I probably would put it depends on. I'm just saying, I mean, I've done it, uh, I've done the simulated stuff, but can you imagine actually being in there and hearing all the noises and feeling all the bumps and especially um, hooking that arrestor uh, cable and just uh, uh, coming to such an abrupt stop? Oh, and the takeoff would would be a blast too, Uh, no pun intended. Hey, coming up next week, Don Rycroft of RPM Steering, rpmsteering.com. They have aluminum tie rods and drag links, and I got to ask Don a lot of questions I have about aluminum and uh, just how tough is that compared to steel? Because I'm, you know, I'm a steel guy. I don't like synthetic uh, rope. I, I refuse to call it a cable, synthetic rope on a winch. So, uh, fortunately, this they haven't gone to synthetic tie rods and drag links yet. And that's a wrap for today's episode of the Jeep Talk Show. I want to give a big thank you to our special guests joining us today and sharing their knowledge and experience with the Jeep community. Remember, we have four episodes a week, and it's understandable if you have missed past episodes. You can always find us on your favorite podcast platform or on our website. I haven't mentioned in a while, you know, the Jeep Talk Show has an app. You can actually install the Jeep Talk Show app on your smartphone, uh, whether it's an iPhone or uh, an Android, and uh, you can actually tell it uh, that you want to uh, download the latest three episodes, and you'll always have it with you just go to the uh the google google store or the apple store and do a search for jeep talk show oh and uh having that on your phone is a great thing because we have over 900 past episodes uh in our um you know back catalog if you will uh of shows my god i mean we're we're knocking at the door of a 1000 episodes it's it's just it's amazing uh just continuing to do it is it's amazing because uh, it's it's a lot of a lot of time and effort put into this. Uh, I know it doesn't sound like it, but that's the magic of uh, doing it well, right? Right? We're just going to say that. <laughs> so you can listen to the Jeep Talk Show while you're driving to your destination, working out at the gym, mowing your grass. Uh, hell, there's all kinds of things that will, you can do uh, that uh, this can improve your day by listening to more Jeep Talk Show. Hey, we love hearing from you, our listener. Reach out to us via email, phone, social media. We use your voicemails on the show. So, until next time, keep on jeeping and we'll see you on the trails. Oh, and remember, Fridays are red. Remember, everyone deployed. Broadcasting since 2010.
0: Steve Martin, Mike Hubler, Owen Kubasak, Tom Parsenew, John Earle, Bob Vaughn, Patrick Miller, William Wyatt, Tad Jennings, Jim Miller. Ryan Gurley, Dusty L. Dunn, Rick Turner, David Greenwalt, John Wooden, Adam Poole, Keith Brenner, James Holston, David Key, Brent Mendoza, Andrew Prather, Josh Norris, Joshua Southwick, Brent Smith, Matthew Hineline, Julianne Devokt, Gary Perkins, Andrea Jobe, James Tomchick, Kevin Briggs, Mark Zabalotny, Hunter Clark, Randy Francis, Larry Holmes, Steve Willett. Craig Daly, Don Swinner, Roger Madro, Chip Holmes, John Lee, Bill Alvarez, and Matthew Johnson.